a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, the Supreme Court ends its term. There are still obviously a number of decisions that need to be handed down, and a few of those are pretty major. Uh, we know, of course, uh, there are cases involving uh, abortion rights and gun rights, and that those are, are both going to be significant. So what are the judges deciding? What's uh, happening behind closed doors right now? What is actually on the line? Really pleased to have joining us Faith Abube, award-winning investigative journalist and reporter for ABC News based in Washington, D.C. Faith, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Happy to be here. Well, as the the term comes down the home stretch, uh, everyone starts looking at those morning uh, <laughs> what's what's going to drop today files. Uh, I know you're watching them really close. Let's start uh, as it relates uh, to guns, obviously, uh, with uh, things that have happened over the last several weeks in these uh, tragic shootings. Uh, the the bills or excuse me, the uh, decisions, the cases around these uh, have really uh, rocketed up in terms of importance. Uh, what's on the horizon there? What's the uh, projected outcome looking like? Well, so there's this huge case, this gun case that the Supreme Court heard back in November. You know, this was a legal challenge brought by a group of gun owners in New York. Uh, and it includes two individuals, uh, individual gun owners and the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, which is an affiliate of the NRA. And they're challenging a New York State statute that goes back about 100 years that requires people to apply for a concealed carry permit. Uh, and to actually show what's called proper cause. Essentially, you have to prove why you need this concealed carry permit in order for law enforcement to allow you to even get the permit and carry a firearm in public places. And the plaintiffs in this case, the gun rights advocates, are saying that you know being required to prove that you need to carry a gun in public actually violates the Second Amendment. Uh, but the state of the New, uh, state of New York, specifically the New York State Police, they're pushing back and they're saying no, it doesn't because the right to bear arms is not an unlimited right uh, in a civil society, and that there needs to be some reasonable barriers that are put into place to keep the public safe. So again, they they argued this back in November for nearly two hours. And it's been a waiting game since then, waiting for the justices to render their opinion. And this has huge implications across the country. It could affect several states. You have 29 states that have concealed carry permit laws right now that could be impacted. You have roughly a quarter of Americans who live in those states. Uh, seven of those states have similar laws, just like the one in um, New York that's being challenged. And so if the one in New York is overturned or deemed unconstitutional, then you have this ripple effect that happens in all 
all these other states. So uh, a lot of um, gun rights advocates and, and those on the other side of the issue are watching this very closely. Yeah, and, and it, it's so important for us to remember, I'm glad you pointed this out, that uh, these cases are often heard and then it's it's six to eight months uh, before we get these rulings coming out. So it was back in November. Uh, as as you looked at it back then, Faith, uh, any inklings from the questioning of the uh, of the justices in terms of how this uh, might line up in the end? Yeah, so analysts who you know were there for the two hour hearing have said that they think that the conservatives are leaning towards uh, basically a ruling in favor of the gun rights advocates. Uh, for example, you had a situation where you had um, Chief Justice John Roberts who said, you know, this idea that you need a license to exercise the right um, to carry, um, you know, a firearm is unusual in the context of the Bill of Rights. Uh, you had uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh, who said that there's a real concern um, that, you know, this constitutional right is at the discretion of an individual uh, police officer. Uh, but then you also had the same Justice Roberts, along with, you know, Justices Elena Kagan, Amy Coney Barrett and Stephen Breyer, all of them acknowledging that there are some concerns when it comes to concealed carry uh, weapons in public spaces. So at this point, you know, it's really hard to tell where they're going to go. But, you know, our Justices Sam- uh, Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas, they've always had this expansive view of the Second Amendment. And so uh, it's just a matter of, you know, what which justices are going to go where on this issue. And when that opinion comes down, we'll all be able to figure out um, what they decided. But, yeah, there's no indication right now, officially at least, uh, but some of the analysts think that they might be leaning, the conservatives might be leaning towards the gun rights advocates, especially since it's um, a 6-3 court right now. Yeah, we know the leak of the Justice Alito first draft. Uh, sort of a lot of emotions, a lot of distrust. Uh, obviously, there's a, a big search going on in terms of who the leaker was and, and what played out there. Um, but we haven't really heard much or anything since then in terms of how uh, the justices might actually be leaning uh, beyond uh, what Justice Alito put in the first draft. Uh, any rumblings that you're hearing in terms of uh, how this might be uh, tipping at this point or if this is going to be one that they hold on to to the very last day of the court session. You know, that leaked draft was a very, very unusual thing to have happened. I don't even think we've seen anything like that before. You know, the court is usually very tight-lipped about, you know, these behind-the-scenes things that happen before they actually release an opinion. Um, After they hear a case, they go back and forth, sometimes over email or talking in person, going back and forth about about their opinion, drafting it, redrafting, revising, and going back and forth until they're really ready to render that final opinion. And so this leaked draft was really unusual. And at this point, you know, since that leaked draft, we haven't really heard anything about what exactly um, they are going to do in terms of their final opinion. When this happened, you had Justice, um, the Chief Justice, uh, John Roberts, who came out and said, yes, you know, he can authenticate this leaked draft, that it is something that is part of the discussion. However, he did caution that this is not the final opinion of any member of the court. And so right now it remains to be seen. However, if you talk to analysts who've been watching the courts, uh, who've been reading up on this for a long time and have been watching everything that's been going on, uh, they think that it is likely that, you know, the federal right to an abortion could be overturned. But no one really knows until that final opinion is rendered. Yeah. And uh, it does seem like they're going to take it down to the 
the wire, which would be interesting. Some people were speculating that maybe Chief Justice Roberts would uh, try to accelerate that one a little bit so that it wouldn't be all of the build up to the final few days uh, of the court session. Uh, but that will be fascinating uh, to look at. Anything else that you're uh, hearing or anything else you're watching for, Faith, in your coverage back there? Well, I think, you know, as part of what you just said, you know, what's interesting is, you know, we haven't been in a situation like this often where you're in the final few weeks of the court's term and you still have more than half of their cases that still haven't been released uh, or rendered, like the opinions haven't been released. You have, uh, I believe, with today's three opinions that were released, you have about 30 or so rulings that are still left. Uh, cases that they heard in this term that are still left before the summer recess at the end of June. And so it's going to be a very busy few weeks as they try to get all these um, opinions released. But um, they never give us a heads up on which opinions will be released at what time and which day. And so we just wait for guidance day by day on what they're going to do and then wait to see when they actually do it. All right. Faith Abube, we will be checking in often, I think, over the <laughs> the next few weeks as we get the morning report. Uh, what's coming out? Uh, Faith Abube's award-winning investigative journalist and reporter for ABC News based in Washington, D.C. Always appreciate your reporting. Faith, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. All right. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Scientists in the U.S. government are getting paid some pretty big bucks by the pharmaceutical companies. And there's not a lot of transparency there. Is that a problem for you? It is for me. I'll tell you why coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.